and welcome to the Gridiron Show, the week eight preview. Are we in week eight now? Got halfway through the season already. Doesn't it fly by? We'll look back on Thursday night football uh, as the Vikings pick up a win over Washington. And we'll look forward to what I found to be a bit of a rough-looking slate of games this Sunday. I'm sure there will be some barnstormers in there. We'll get into it all. Matt Sherry, we've got Ollie Hunter live from Japan. You're listening to the Gridiron Show. Gridiron Show, Will Gavin, as I said, we've got Matt Sherry on the line from uh, from Poole. How are we doing, Shizza? Yeah, good, man. How are you? Yeah, very well, mate. Thank you very well indeed. And from a place almost as culturally different to London as Hartlepool is, Ollie Hunter is out in Japan. Hey, buddy. Konnichiwa. Konnichiwa. Oh, very good. Very good. Have you been, uh, much like in your Tudabem Portuguese-Brazilian days, have you been charming the locals with, uh, with your very ropey Japanese? I know two words, and that's konnichiwa and arigato. So, not really, but because I'm saying them, I've seen other Westerners um, say, just say thanks or hello, and not even bother with just the, the smallest amount of Japanese. But because I'm trying, they love it. Yeah. Right, we just had a brief technical break there while uh, Ollie sorted out something on his phone. He's sounding better now, I promise. That People will have gone, whoa, when they heard that first bit there. But, uh... Ollie, how has Japan been out there for the World Cup? You've seen already England tonk Australia. You're ready to see them do the same to the Kiwis tomorrow morning. What a time to be alive. Oh, my God. I'm so excited for it. And it's... um it's, it, I don't know what's going to happen. I'm worried that England are going to lose, but even so, I'll get to see New Zealand. Um, yeah, we may win. My heart is starting to rule my head, and I'm thinking that we're going to do it. I love that. Absolutely love that. Uh, well... Yeah, we're just going to be watching it in our pants on our sofas at home. So uh, enjoy it, mate. I'm glad we could get you on to talk about the Week 8 slate. Like I said, when I was picking the games on the Gridiron website, this doesn't look like the most stunning slate of games compared with some of the weeks we've got coming up. I've been doing a piece for the um, I've been doing a piece for the Game Day magazine for, for the fourth London game about the best games okay. left on the schedule, schedule, whatever you want to say, um, going forward beyond that Week 9 game. And... There's some weeks where there's legitimately six or seven absolute bangers. But, I mean, it's a cliche, but what I love about the NFL is these games don't look great on paper, and yet you know that when you get into that witching hour at the end of the the first uh, games on Red Zone that there'll be some crackers. Yeah, there always is. There's a couple in particular I'm really excited about. Um, It might be the kind of week where you have Red Zone in the background and hone in on on a couple of games specifically, which is never a bad thing. Let's start off, though, by taking a little look back at last night's action. Did everyone get to watch Thursday night football? Yeah, it was Friday morning football for me. I um, I watched quite a bit of it, actually. Brilliant. Whilst I was having my weird breakfast. Breakfasts are so weird here. But um, it was a closer game than I, I think a lot of people thought it would be. Minnesota couldn't get stuff going, but Kirk Cousins managed to find Stefan Diggs for quite a few amounts of yards. I think he's the, f- the second ever Viking to have 125-plus yards in a game, uh, in three straight games, which is um, which is some achievement for a guy that a lot of people don't actually think is that good. I, I thought there was one particular catch down on the right-hand side on a th- third and four that kept the, the chains moving, but toe drag and, and the ball's going out. It's a, it was a brilliant little catch. Kirk Cousins looked good at times, but his offensive line let him down. Um, 
and Dalvin Cook proving that I think he is the best running back in the league. I know Christian McCaffrey has those splashy plays and 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 looks really good catching the ball at the same as well as running it. But if you're looking as just a a, a, a runner, Dalvin Cook is having one hell of a year. Right, but Sherry, if we look at this, uh, Minnesota, one for four in the red zone. Kirk Cousins taking three costly sacks, settling for field goals, which meant a game that probably could have been a much bigger win than than the 10 points they did win it by uh, was kind of restricted. If they've got a run game that good, how are they not just punching the ball in every time they get down there? Um, I, I, these kind of games are interesting to me now for the when when the really good teams play the really bad teams because part of me just thinks I can't read too much into them because if I was the coach I would be just praying not to have any major injuries. I mean you know you're going to win the game and that the, they've played about as poorly as as they could and and won by still ten points. I mean it's interesting that I, I mean I think the digs thing's important because I mean I. I if people don't think he's good, then they disagree with me. I think he's the best number two receiver in the league. I mean, he's he's brilliant. And and it's been massive for them to get him right again when it was clear that he was angling for a trade for a spell. Um, and, and that's important. You know, Dalvin Cook, McCaffrey is a great debate. I mean, I would say that McCaffrey is better in the passing game and Cook's a better runner, you know, and, 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 and it's kind of back and forth between the two. And they're both good at the other element, you know. McCaffrey's a much better inside runner than people give him credit for and, and Cook as he showed in this game is is viable in the passing game as well I, I just wouldn't get too excited about the Vikings putting a poor performance in because as I say I mean if you were the coach of the Vikings ahead of this game would, wouldn't you just be thinking just please don't get a major injury because you know you're going to win I mean the, these these lower end teams this season are so bad I mean I can't think of a season where there's been teams as bad as the three worst teams in football, as in three teams together in that same season in in Miami, Washington, and Cincinnati. So yeah, I, I just think it's about getting through these games with the W. And well, you say, Sherry, you say Sherry about those three bad teams. I think there's another tier just above that of another few bad teams. You can chuck in the two New York teams. You've got Arizona in there as well. So there are some some really bad teams in the NFL this season. Washington did some weird things in this. It's, uh, I think, 3-0. and uh, Sorry, yeah, it was um, Minnesota with 3 nothing up. And I think Washington had the ball on, with one yard to go uh, on the one and goal. Goal, you know, one yard to the goal, and they decide to kick it. And you're thinking, come on, guys, you're one and six. Yeah. What, what's the point? What is the point in doing I mean, stuff like, like that? It looked like Adrian Peterson ran the ball well in the game as well. I mean, that's the surprising thing from from Washington's perspective that you know Bill Callahan's going to be so heavy in trying to run the ball that even when you know Peterson has a nice day against his former team in terms of you know breaking off some some nice yards per carry, that actually he that they still don't really score any points on offense. And I think from Washington's perspective as well, the concern again is you know you give you give Dwayne Haskins a little bit of a chance and and he throws another terrible interception. I mean. I've never seen, I can't think of many quarterbacks, first round in particular, who have looked less ready for the NFL than, than he has over the, the first few weeks of the season. Well, the first couple of outings that he's had. 
So yeah, Haskins the, came. Haskins, yeah, that was sorry, my guys. question. How did Haskins look? Haskins look coming in for basically. I went out on work drinks last night for someone's leaving do. I came in and caught maybe the first three snaps of this game and then fell asleep on the sofa. So I've watched back the YouTube version of the highlights. But how did people feel Haskins looked? Who gave it a bit more of an in-depth look? I didn't think he looked great. He came in because Keenum came came out of the game with a, a concussion check. Um, yeah, not great. I know, Sherry. Maybe you could talk, expand a bit more on 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 how he looked. But for me, just a bit skittish. They're not giving him the right plays to run. Just it doesn't look to me at the moment like an NFL ready quarterback. But I just think he looks well, completely overwhelmed, and that's not a surprise. I mean, yeah. you know, he only had one one season in college as a as a starter. Um, he came into a game. I think it was against Michigan on the road in 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 his kind of penultimate season and did really well and then had a really nice season last year. But he is very, very, you know, green in terms of playing time. So, and, and, and I do think that shows up ultimately. So, yeah, it's, um, it's not ideal. Yeah, and from a Washington point of view as well, um, TJ McLaurin looks, looks great. Looks really, really great. Really interesting, the rookie wide receiver. So there's a bit of cause for optimism there. Adrian Peterson's running the ball well. And on on the defense, Landon Collins had actually quite a good game. But there's a guy, a defensive end called Matt Ioannidis, who um, he led the lead, he led the team on tackles last week. He had a, a, another stellar game this week, including a hat, a, a, hat, a, a sack, and another QB hit. So there are some there are some okay points to Washington. They just need the season to finish and, and restart. Right, let's uh, move on and look at this weekend's games. And of course, something I failed to mention at the top of the show, because I am hungover, was the fact that we've got a London game this weekend. Uh, I'll be at Wembley. I don't think you're down for this one, are you, Shezza? Uh, And I'm not sure that Ollie's going to fly back for Japan to see the Cincinnati Bengals in action. So we've got Bengals Rams at Wembley. It's live on TalkSport 2. What's... like? Is there any hope here that the Cincinnati Bengals can... Use the fact that we've had the travel, the Rams have had to come from the West Coast and in on Friday morning, that the Rams haven't looked, you know, up to their imperious best that we saw in their uh, last season, that, you know, m- m- maybe we could get an upset? No, no chance. I mean, <laughs> not even a... I mean, I guess the only argument you could make is Zach Taylor knows Sean McVeigh and the offence inside out, but they don't have the players to, to counter it. Um you know, if you look at the Rams' season in totality, as much as we've been critical of Jared Goff, they're a missed field goal away from from being in what what five and two with a with a road win against Seattle on the books. So, so yeah, I mean the Rams haven't been terrible this season. They just haven't been good compared to the standards that they sat last year, particularly offensively. But I mean, the, the Bengals are just disgracefully bad. I mean, I'm glad this game is five o'clock and not half one, just because I can. Watch Red Zone and pretend it's not happening. Thanks, mate. So, Appreciate sorry that while we're trying to do a, <laughs> a live <laughs> broadcast of the game. Um, that the, the one thing I will say about the Zach Taylor knowing the offense inside out is that something that has been a problem for me this year, we've talked about a little bit with the Rams, is that they haven't adapted to the fact that they don't have the superstar running back at full, uh, his full tilt and that the offensive line isn't as good and that actually they've they've continued to work out the same kind of personnel that they did last season with the the kind of three receiver stacks and that they're not really doing much very different um but i think if, you, if you're going to have a, a team that you face 
we've, we spoke about this in the show earlier this week. The Bengals are the worst team in football right now, even worse than the Miami Dolphins. I can't see them getting particularly healthy in Wembley. I'm going to take a Rams win. Yeah, I'm taking a Rams win as well. The, the, the Bengals are dreadful. The Rams remind me a little bit of Tottenham Hotspur, where they've got the stars and they've got stuff going on. Just it, it, They're in a bit of a crisis at the moment. And what better thing to happen to you when you're in a little bit of a crisis, and that's play the Cincinnati Bengals on foreign turf, where the, the, the spotlight is not necessarily on you because it's not a, a prime time game. It's not been moved to accommodate the West Coast or anything. So um, big, big Los Angeles win for me. Right, let's uh, talk about some of the other 5pm kickoffs. Don't forget, it is 5pm this weekend with the clocks going back on Saturday night. What are, like, so I know there's a couple of games that you said, Sherry, that you liked the potential look of, and I think there's a couple in the later window, but what from the early window does stand out to you? I think Eagles, Eagles against the Bills is the, the standout game in that window by a, a good distance. Um, you know, I really like what the Bills are building. Um, I'm a huge Sean McDermott fan. I think that's come across on these podcasts. Um, but if you look at their, their schedule, it, it isn't great. I mean, in terms of the wins that they have, they were very good against New England. And I think I think that's a, a, a positive for them. But, you know, they've beaten a lot of bad teams. And, and ultimately... They've not beaten them that well. I mean, you know, Cincinnati, we've talked about the the, the snuck pass. The, the Dolphins give them hell for a lot of last week. So so this is interesting to me because I think the Bells are at home as well. So, so yeah, I, that's the one for me that I'm most interested in. And and, and I think it hinges a little bit on, on Matt Milano, who, who didn't play last week. And I thought their defence suffered because of that. Um, he is kind of touch and go to be healthy. And if I was... If I was looking to place a bet or anything on this game, I would wait and find out if he's going to be playing because he's been limited in practice still. And I explained last week why I thought he was such an important part of that defence. But I still think even even without that, they might win because I think we've overrated Philadelphia. I really do. I mean, I think we've overrated the talent. They've got no speed on offence. I mean, I watched the, the game back on Sunday. They've got no... I mean, Jeffrey is a big possession receiver. Aguilar doesn't have anywhere near the best we thought he did coming in, and they've just got they've just got no speed on offense. Their running game isn't reliable. Their defensive line isn't playing anywhere near as well as we expected it to. Um, so yeah, it's an interesting game because I think it'll tell us a lot about both teams. It'll tell us whether Buffalo are really a team, I guess, who can be higher echelon in the AFC by, by getting a, a big a big win against a, a team who aren't terrible. And it will tell us that Philadelphia, whether backs against the wall as they have in, in previous seasons, can turn it round and, and potentially shows the best part of, of, of this offence or whether we actually have just, just hugely overrated the talent on that Eagles team. I'm not sure we have overrated the talent in terms of I, I still think there's a lot there to like, and defensive um, defensive injuries have been a real, real problem for them this year. It wasn't a good game against the uh, against the, the Cowboys, and actually, coaching was as much of a concern to me as the quality of the game itself. The way they let the game kind of get away from them when they got back into it after giving up the two early uh, the two early touchdowns off the back of turnovers and short fields, but. I kind of feel like I, I still expect, and maybe I'm wrong to expect, but I still expect this Eagles team to to show us something in an NFC East which isn't 
particularly sexy this year. And I still think they'll be in it when you come to week 15, 16, 17 and all the divisional contests. Yeah, you look at how their kind of slate ends, and I'm pretty sure the Eagles, when you look at it, have got a run of games right at the end of their schedule where they are playing... Washington, the Giants, the Dolphins, like they are, yeah, they're playing the Giants twice, Washington uh, and the Dolphins all in their last five games. So they could go into those games, two games behind uh, a winning record and come out of the season with like 10 and 10 and 6. And, even and I guess and their, their other game against Dallas will be at home as well. So that'll be important. Exactly. So, I mean, they're literal. Their they're last five games goes Dolphins on the road, Giants home, Washington on the road, Cowboys at home, Giants on the road. They could yeah, win their they, last five straight. They could, but you look at the next four. I mean, if they lose against Buffalo, then you've got the Bears, who are a similarly desperate, desperate team with talent at home. Then New England at yeah, home. That's a and, loss. Then, and then <laughs> And then Seattle at home as well, to be fair. So... You know, they're going, the next four really define the season for me. Because, I mean, if you lost all four of those, then, you know, you're 9-7 and seven at best, aren't you? So, so yeah, I think this is the kind of game they need to win. As much, and also because we're starting to see some disgruntled guys in the locker room as well. And that's always a terrible sign. I mean, you know, Alshon Jeffries complaining about the offence to, to, to journalists. Um, bizarre that that was revealed that he was the source of that. But, yeah, there are clearly some issues kind of building up as well and 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 there's no Nick Foles there anymore is that to settle it down as he has the last couple of seasons so yeah I mean it's 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 a little bit make or break for me for the Eagles Ollie who are you taking in this one I've got the Eagles in this um I think it will be the Eagles that beat the Packers that turns up rather than the Eagles that lost to the Cowboys they've got that in their locker and um, I think Carson Wentz is due a really good performance on a winning side and I think it will be on Sunday against the Bills I'm, I'm going to go for for the Bills if Milano's healthy um, if he isn't I will probably share the Eagles just Is Will still there? I'm taking the Bills at home. Sorry, Sarah just got back from holiday, so I just opened the door to let her in and say hello, and now I'm back. Yeah, well done. Yeah, yeah. Wonderful stuff. Well done, she's, I, I was going to say, I need to, to leave and go pay her some attention, but she's got the cats, so she's fine. Uh, <laughs> 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 uh, right, let's, uh, let's turn our attention. Matt Sherry and Ollie Hunter oh, on the Gridiron oh, Show. Uh, too late you are now I'm not editing any of this out I just want everyone to be aware of that Um, let's talk about I'll tell you what we'll do let's talk about the other I think standout game of the whole day and then we'll just run through the rest of the the other two standout games let's say of the day and then we'll just run through the rest of the slate Uh, in the evening kickoffs in the 8 o'clock games uh, the Carolina Panthers in San Francisco to take on the 49ers I was saying this in our um, uh, in our WhatsApp chat yesterday but while I was looking through the schedule coming up I I really took some time to nail down into the games the 49ers have left and it's fair to say that whilst 49ers fans uh, including myself are right to be excited that they're 6-0 right now that they you look down who they've still got to play this season, starting with the Panthers at home this weekend, other than their games against the Cardinals and, and the game against the Falcons, the rest of their slate includes the Seahawks twice, the Packers at home, the Ravens and Saints on the road, and the Rams again as well. 
it's uh, it's not. We're going to see if this team really are as good as their six and zero record might suggest. Yeah, but I think that's the case for both undefeated teams. New England's schedule gets a lot tougher from now, uh, as well, and and it'll be interesting to see if it's. Uh, if it is fool's gold or whether I keep saying fool's gold every week, I'm not worried about it. I think they're legit, though. I mean, I think well, this week will tell us a lot, but you know their defense is just so good and, and getting better by the week. I think that's the, the the impressive part. I mean, I think their defense it isn't statistically, but it, I, I think it's close to New England's and New Orleans is the best in the league. Um, I just think they're getting better and better. A young team growing together, and, and I think they'll win this week. Ollie, it's um, yeah, it's it's two great defenses going up against each other, and look, Carolina have come off a bye week where they went to England and and did what they needed to do against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, kind of really easily dispatched them, despite Tampa having a little late rally. Look, I think. Um, I think the the Panthers might do something here. I know Kyle Allen, he's, he's due an interception. He hasn't had one yet in his four games so far this season. He's due a really bad game. But I've got a sneaky suspicion. Something about the Panthers having that, a little bit of extra time to prepare. It didn't, it didn't work out. Um, it didn't work out well for the Raiders when they went out to... Um, to Green Bay, but I think the Panthers, when go across in the nation, they've just had that t- extra time, and the, the the San Francisco 49ers are due a bad game. They're due a bad game. So I've just got a let, feeling. Got a feeling. Let, let me. Uh, well, did we? Would we recorded before the Emmanuel Sanders trade happened this week? I don't. I don't, I don't think we had. I don't think we talked about that on the. Podcast. No, we haven't what talked about Sanders. Chance. We haven't talked about any of the trades except for Sanu, have we? So Emmanuel Sanders going to the 49ers for, well, what is, <clears throat> it was a third and a fourth with getting a fifth back. And when you consider where the Broncos are going to be next year, it's essentially giving up a third and then swapping what will hopefully be a very late fourth for a very early fifth. So it's, I think it's pretty good value for a player that whilst he is getting into his 30s now is kind of fits exactly what they want to be doing in San Francisco. And considering they've got Trent Taylor uh, on IR, considering they've got the uh, the rookie as well, uh, Jalen Hurd on IR, it, it's not a position where I necessarily thought to myself, we could really do with wide receiver help. But then you see the trade and you think, actually, that makes this team quite a bit better. I mean, I love Emmanuel Sanders. Uh, like, I, I genuinely think Sanders isn't a million miles away from being an elite receiver. If the Patriots had signed him as they nearly did a few years ago, I think you look at his career completely differently. Um, beyond just being a very good guy who, who won a Super Bowl in Denver to being you know, a top-tier receiver. He runs great routes. He's, he's got great great quickness, great speed. He's just a, I just think he's a great player. Um, and I think it's a, a brilliant signing for the 49ers for what they gave up. Uh, the only worry with Sanders, and I think why New England would have chose Sanu over him, is his injury issues. I mean, he's he's had some 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 niggles this year. He obviously missed all of last season with with I think an Achilles, which is a a really bad injury to get. Um, but yeah, I mean, if he's anything like his best, which and he still looked good on the field, uh, I think it's mm. a massive massive signing for the Forty ers and one that you might look back on as as a reason for them from for them winning a Super Bowl. 
Oh, oh, big time talk from Sherry. However, and maybe Ooh. maybe my new thing is going to be just being negative about this 49ers team every week. They are yet to have been truly shown up by not having Carl Juszczyk and by not having the two tackles there as well, who are both due to be back for a lot of that chunk of, of tough games. That neither are long-term injuries, but still aren't back for this weekend. And I do look at that front full of, uh, well, the front seven, really, if we're going to yeah, include Bruce Irvin and Luce Keekley and Shaq Thompson to Addison, Poe, McCoy, uh, F.A. Abada, obviously, who's been a great situational pass rusher this year. And I think that Jimmy Garoppolo is in for a rough time this weekend. I hope the defense has enough to win this game because I don't think we're going to be doing it on offense necessarily. I think it's low a scoring. low scoring game. Yeah, no doubt. I mean, what Carolina remind me of New England in personnel in that they've got, they're so deep. And we saw that at, at, at Tottenham. You know, they're, they're bringing different guys in. Uh, for whole series a lot of the time and that's because the you know the difference between guy A and guy D isn't actually a huge a huge disparity between them so they're able to rotate their line and and, and their linebackers and keep everybody fresh and, and I think that does present the 49ers as banged up offensive line some problems I am still going to take the 49ers at home though it, 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 it is massive here a win because that would be 7-0 and, and then you've got two games against Arizona sandwiched sandwiching a home game against the Seahawks. So by the time Green Bay arrive in four weeks' time, the 49ers could be 10-0, and 0, which Ooh. would be massive. So this is a, if they get a win here, that's a, a chunk of momentum take going into three divisional games. A defeat here, that could derail them, and you could, you could see them maybe winning only two of those next three. So massive, massive. I'm taking the Carolina Panthers, though. Wow. Cheser? That's for me. Right, let's talk about the one other really intriguing game on the slate. Although, if Kansas play Patrick Mahomes this weekend, after he's dislocated his knee, and they rush him back that quickly, this could be Shanahan RG3 levels of idiocy, but with a player who is four, four, five or six times the player that RG3 was, even considering how good his rookie season was. I just can't get over this idea that he's back in practice and he might be playing this weekend. Yeah, I mean, I I, kind of hope he does play for the spectacle of the game because, you know, Aaron Rodgers against Kansas City would be will be amazing, but I mean, it's a, just a ridiculous decision to even contemplate it for me. I mean, at the end of the day, Kansas City now are in a position where the number two seed is, is difficult anyway. You know, you've, you've got home defeats to the Colts and the Texans on your schedule. You've got a game against New England that, you know, if you, you think you can win, obviously, because late in the season, Mahomes will hopefully be healthy, but ultimately you accept that maybe you don't get the win. Um, it's just so short-sighted for me. I, I can't. I can't really believe they're even contemplating. I mean, if I was looking at the schedule now, their next three games are tough anyway. Um, it's Green Bay, it's Minnesota, and then it's Tennessee on the road, and, and that's a good defense. And then they've got a bye week. Now you're in a division where you've really not got a competitor to 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 win the division. Uh, Denver and and the Chargers are out. You've already got a win over Auckland. Your next game against Auckland's at Arrowhead. So even if you lost the next three and Auckland briefly had a better record, you're still going to make the playoffs. Why wouldn't you just give him the four weeks? It's just crazy to me. Absolutely insane. And and putting him in there against 
some of the better pass rushing teams in the league as well in Green Bay, Minnesota and Tennessee, the next three. I, I just think it's absolute madness. And and as I say, I want to watch Patrick Mahomes in those games against those teams. So I am conflicted, but I, I just think it's incredibly short-sighted. And with with an injury where, if you read the, the kind of doctors, the, the football doctors on Twitter, that the, the, is very susceptible to, to not just re-injury, but exacerbating the problem as well. I, I think it's just ludicrously short-sighted. Let's talk about the Packers because you have to be pretty excited about what you saw from their offense the last two games, but particularly against the Raiders. Oh man, they looked so so good, and Aaron Rodgers seems to have found a bit of rhythm. I think he's always he's, he's always got you know an incredible game in him, but it's he's for the last two or three seasons, I would say he's looked out of rhythm. He, he's looked like he. Isn't isn't connecting well with his receivers. He's he's not using that offensive line as well as it sh- he should do because it's one of the best. You guys said it on the last show. It's the best, one of the best offensive lines in football. So that is all looking good from an off- offensive point of view. From a defensive point of view, I kind of agree with you. They 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 had some splashy games, but they're not working well as a unit. A bloke a bloke is coming back. Um, Dan. Darnell Savage, the rookie yeah. um, free safety, he's back. He's he's full practice, uh, full participant in practice, and he is the guy that kind of mixes it all together. I think. I mean, I lost you entirely at the end there, but I think we got the point you were trying to make. Um, the so the I think. Because of the Pat Mahomes injury, I'm going to be taking the Packers for this game. I like the matchup of their offense and what they've done the last two weeks against the Kansas city defense. I just think they're going to be able to go and put up points and Kansas haven't been imperious at home. Like they had, they had been last season. As we know, it's a, it's a tough place to go. Loudest stadium in the NFL, all of that, but they've already lost there to the Colts and the Texans. And I think it's going to be three home losses on the season. Uh, yeah. I mean, if Mahomes doesn't play I think they'll lose, but not as badly as people think. I think it'll still be a close game because I expect. I think Matt Moore is a good backup quarterback, and I think Andy Reid can scheme it up. Um, but yeah, I think I'll I'll just about take the Packers, who, you know, have looked a lot better, but they have a horseshoe wedge so far up their behind. I mean, having this game with Mahomes even unhealthy, it just sums up their season so far. I am still waiting for the for Green Bay to get exposed and looking at the schedule I'm not sure it'll happen till the playoffs <laughs> there we go and then they'll just get absolutely trounced in the first week of the playoffs at home by the Panthers Ollie I assume you're taking the Packers yeah Packers for me wonderful Hazel Irvin here and I'm at Mammoth Insurance in Leeds where Kate has arranged an office chair race to fundraise for sport relief and these riders have got their kit on they are rearing to go and they're off, taking an early lead and smashing injustice right out of the park. It's Daphne from Accounting, riding the spreadsheet demon chair. Up comes Nina from HR on Beat Me and You're Fired, closely followed by Mark from Marketing on the 9 to 5 chair. Even Javid from Health and Safety's at it, waving his clipboard like crazy. Go easy there, Javid. We don't want any injuries, fella. And from nowhere, it's Jenny on El Chero Loco, rolling right over poverty to cross the line first. And the crowd goes loco. Unbelievable. You can help change the world too. Just order your free fundraising pack at sportrelief.com. Sportrelief. It's game on.
This message was brought to you by Acast. Right, I'm going to leave you guys uh, to go through the rest of the games quickly, just do a, a run-through of them, because I think those are the three games that were worth spending some time focusing on. My picks are available uh, on Twitter, as I do make them on the uh, Gridiron website. And if anything changes for the weekend, I will change them and update them there. But, uh, but I'll just tell you that I think the Seahawks and the Packers are the only road teams I've got winning this week. That's the kind of week that it is. So uh, I will leave you two to it. Thank you, guys. Uh, and, uh, yeah, speak to you later. Speak to you soon, man. Cheerio. Right. He's gone, Sherry. We can have some real fun. No, <laughs> um, I've taken a few other road teams um, other than Green Bay and Seattle, both of which that I've taken as well as Will. But there's a game where I haven't taken the road team, but I still think it's an interesting game nonetheless. And I don't see the New England Patriots over the Cleveland Browns as being 12 and a half points favourite. What do you reckon, Chez? Uh I think that New England... I mean, the the Browns are coming off a bye and New England have a short week. So there's the, the one of the things that betters take into account immediately. Um, I think I think Belichick will do to this offence what he did to the Jets, which is expose a, a, a schemer who just isn't who just isn't good enough. And I, and I think that you know the way that the Patriots attacked the Jets' protections in that game is is something that we'll see in this one as well. Mayfield to me, I watched so I've watched the Browns game in in real depth um, just ahead of them obviously playing the Patriots. I mean, Mayfield had no excuses in that game against Seattle. You know, the offensive line played played a lot better. I thought he had a lot more clean looks. And his accuracy is just way off. I mean, the, the thing that has been his biggest strength has been way off this season. Now, has he fixed that in the bye week? Potentially. And if he has, it could be a more interesting game. But against New England's defence, if his ball placement is as bad as it's been they will pick him off two or three times. I mean, the, the Patriots have 18 interceptions this season and the next best, I think, is nine or ten. I mean, they're doubling the interception total of the second best team and, and I can just see this game going going a similar way. The only thing I would say is I, I do think that, that um, Steve Wilkes' defence will give New England problems because the New England offence still isn't right yet. It'll take a while for Sanu to get into the mix and and be a, a decent contributor as well. Um, it might look different after the, the in the next game when in Keel Harry the first round picks back. But but I, I just think New England will score enough points because they'll turn the Browns over two or three times and and will probably win by you know anywhere between fourteen points and upwards. Um, but yeah, I hope it's a good game. I'd like to see Baker Mayfield at his best and and to present a real challenge because I think if the Browns could score some points early, it could make the game interesting. I think what the Browns have to do and Freddie Kitchens has to do is run the ball a lot. Yeah, I agree with that. Nick Chubb has run for 607 yards, 114 attempts. So what's that? Just over 5.1, 5.2 an attempt. So he's running the ball really well. And I think Mayfield, they have to make sure then, once you've got the run established, is use Mayfield on those shorter passing or shorter passing routes. So, i.e., using the tight ends, getting the ball to Jarvis Landry and and Odell Beckham closer to the line of scrimmage, so yeah. that they can then use their their speed and their elusiveness um, to to try and make yards down the field. You and I can talk about this. I think there are hundreds, thousands, tens of thousands of. Browns fans, NFL fans that w- that would see it in a different, see it that way as well. 
I'm not sure that Freddie Kitchens has the ability to see it that way. Yeah, so, I mean, we, we've said before, haven't we, that the frustrating part of the Browns' offense is they have these guys who are able to turn small players into big players with their explosiveness and they're not utilizing them. The, the running the ball point's interesting. I mean, that you know... I think New England can be run on more than the statistics would show. Um, their primary objective as a defense is to stop the pass. Um, that's the way they're built. It's kind of the way the, the you know the confusing fronts, the exceptional secondary. I mean, they're very good in in both facets. That's why they're such a great defense. But I think you know running the ball is something that you can have some success with. You know, I, I saw Frank Gore in the Bills game have some some chump players running the ball and, and you're going to get that with that kind of scheme because you know when you've got guys who are disguising and are up on the line of scrimmage and are dropping out then naturally there are going to be the odd Mr. Simon and you might break off a couple of big runs but I agree I think they need to stay patient with the running game and you know the short passing game is all you can do against a secondary that good as well you have to get the ball in the hands hope they can break a tackle and then potentially get a big play off the back of that yeah, I, I totally agree. I 100% agree. So you've got the Browns, yeah? No, it's um, it's all about the Patriots. It's all about the Patriots, I mean. And then next week, Ravens on the road, Patriots. That, that is, wow, that's an exciting game. That is an absolute doozy of a game. Um, a game where I've gone, and let's, let's kind of rattle through these, but yeah. a game where I've got a road victory is, and... I, I almost hate myself for, for doing this, and I would never have done this at the beginning of the year, but I've gone for Oakland to beat the Houston Texans in in Houston. I think John Gruden has found his, his coaching legs. I know it was a tough defeat against the Packers last week, and you could argue that Deshaun Watson's playing to a really good level, not so, 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 so a similar level to Aaron Rodgers. Um, they've got interesting wide receivers in Kiki Cutie and DeAndre Hopkins and uh, Will Fuller V. But um, I, I think the Oakland Raiders offense, and you guys said it on the last show, is really, really good. Darren Waller, playing Darren Waller was, was a masterstroke and he comes up big against the against the Packers and they've got John Gruden and, and that offense have found a way of getting those wide res- those tight ends sorry in acres and acres of, pa- of space and if you can get your your receivers and your tight ends in in lots of space I don't think the Houston secondary can cope with that yeah I mean I, I think Gruden's doing a great job um I mean, offensively, I thought they were really good against the Packers. That that game was... I've never seen a scoreline that, that was more unreflective of the, the kind of back and forth of a game. That could have been a close yeah. game last week in Lambeau. Um, and, and, yeah, I do think this will be similar because I think Gruden will do a good job against that Houston D. The problem is, as Rodgers and, and Greenberg exposed, is that the Auckland defence has just got no talent and they've got no pass rush. Um now against Deshaun Watson, that's a major issue. I mean, you can't you can't give him the time to stand back there. You know, he he he's a guy who extends plays to create time for himself because he's not an you know he's not an in rhythm two second drop back get the ball out passer. He's a guy who lets plays develop down the field, and I could see Houston breaking off it a bunch of big plays to Hopkins. I'm I'm not sure what the situation with Fuller is, who obviously 
got a hamstring injury last week. I doubt he'll play, but Kenny Stills is back as well. I think this will be a, a bit of a trap, mate, that Houston ultimately come out on top of because their defence is, is better than Oakland's ultimately. I think both offences will score, but I think that the Houston defence will get enough stops to just about win. But I wouldn't be massively surprised if Oakland went in there and won either. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm taking Oakland, but... I can see your point when it comes to when it comes to the Texans. Um, let's let's have a chat about the Seahawks going into Atlanta, taking on the Falcons. Um, the Falcons are a dreadful football team. I think they're one level up from the three worst, but you could easily see them slipping into making it a, a, a quad of awful, awful yeah. NFL teams. Yeah, I think Seattle will win this game. Um, I mean, I think the Falcons. I think talent-wise aren't amongst those teams, but in the last few weeks have looked every bit as bad as them. So, so yeah, I think this is a game where, where Seattle right the ship after after last week's loss. Um, DJ Fluger's back at guard, which helps. I think Dwayne Brown is still not necessarily going to be back, but, um, but yeah, I think Seattle win the game and, and, and I expect another big performance from Russell Wilson. Yeah, same again, same again. Um, we've been we've seen videos of Drew Brees holding NFL footballs. He's been throwing balls for the last two weeks. New Orleans they host the Arizona Cardinals. You don't bring him in for a game against the Cardinals, do you? Even though it's it's a key one, I think you have to. I think you have to play Teddy Bridgewater to allow Drew Brees an extra week to to get right. And there's no way you can play Drew Brees in this can you? Uh, I think he wants to play, um, so it's really it's up to them what they do. I, I wouldn't play him because I think have they got a buy next week, so you give him another two weeks. But the only the only thing I guess you'd say is with the thumb, I doubt there's a huge danger of re-injury. So potentially he does play. I mean, either way, the, the Saints will win. I, I think that this will. I'd, I think I'd be stunned if Arizona scored more than 13 points against the Saints' defense as well. I mean, I just expect yeah. them to to expose the issues that the, the last three teams haven't been able to. So, yeah, a big win for New Orleans in this one, regardless of who plays. The same again. Cam Jordan is leading that defence incredibly well. Marshall Lattimore's having another really good year. I, I really like the Saints in this. The Broncos going to the Colts. The Colts at 4-2 and two are going under the radar slightly, aren't they? Uh, yeah, a little bit. I mean, mainly byproduct of having a bye but you look at the last two wins on the road at Kansas City at home to Houston I mean they're rolling right now I don't expect that to change this week another healthy Colts win I mean the Broncos have generally played most games except for the the Chiefs one um, close they've had 10 days rest but yeah I mean I think this is a this is an Indianapolis win yeah, I'm going for the, the Colts as well. Um, the, the Tennessee Titans host the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. The, the three and four Titans and the two and four Buccaneers, both of these teams are bang average. Um, Titans at home, Tannehill under centre. Are you taking them? I am. Just, but but I wouldn't be surprised if the Buccaneers win. This was the one where the the one where I nearly contemplated Gordon Road win again, coming off a bye week. Um, and they've, they've been competitive for most of the season. I mean, we saw their worst performance in London. Um, they should have, should be a win better off. That loss against the Giants will ultimately kill their season. But, yeah, I'd just about favour the Titans, but wouldn't be shocked if the Buccaneers got the win either. 
Do you know what? I'm switching it. I'm switching it right now. I'm, I believe in Bruce. I'm switching it on. That's, the that's my thinking as well. You know, a, a very good coach coming off a bye week. Um, so Gardner Minshew, he is under centre taking on the New York Jets, the Jacksonville Jaguars. They're at home. Um, the, the Jets are dreadful. They've got a, a mono-free Sam Darnold back. But can you really look into anything Jets-wise because the Patriots were so good last week? Uh, yeah, I, mean, I, th- I think at some point you just have to start accepting that the Patriots are that good. Um, you know, the, the Jets looked really good in that game against Dallas, who then go on and beat um, go on and beat the, the Eagles. Um, I think the Patriots are read a, a scoring uh, teams are scoring two and a half points more against every other team than they are against the Patriots. So you know what I mean. Like people say, well, the Patriots D is only great because of the teams they've played. Well, actually, if you look at the the points scored by the teams they've played specifically, those teams are scoring two and a half points more against other teams. So that tells you that the defence is just as outstanding as we maybe think it is. Um, I think this will be a really good game, actually, a close game. Um, I'm, again, similar to what we've done on the other picks, I give Jaguars the edge because of the home team. But I wouldn't be surprised. I mean, the Jags' offensive line isn't great and the Jets have done a nice job on defence in the game. So... So, yeah, I mean, two bad offensive lines, really, particularly with the Jets' injury problems on the left side. So, so yeah, close game that I'd just give the edge to Jacksonville in. Yeah, I'm I'm going Jacksonville here as well. I think the Jalen Ramsey thing was a huge distraction for them. And I, I think it told that, given the fact that he wasn't there last week, I know it was up against the Bengals, but um, I... I I can see them doing far better now, certainly in the next, in the coming weeks, and then going into London against the the Texans. Um, that's why I'm taking the the Jags. The New York Giants head to Detroit to take on the Lions. The Lions, all but out of the playoff contention, barred some weird things happening in their division and against teams that they've already played. But I, I think the Lions are a better team than their record potentially suggests, and. They're going up against a Giants team that I just don't believe in. I don't believe in Daniel Jones. I know he had that immediate success replacing Eli Manning, but I think it's Eli Manning 2.0 and um, and not in a good way. So I'm taking the Lions in this. Yeah, the worry for Jones is, you know, he's, he, he's starting to look for the pass rush and, you know, you can't do that. You need to... You can see that he's he's worried. I mean, I watched. I, I had a bet on the bloody Giants last week against the the Cardinals, and I watched a lot of that game. Unfortunately, and he's looking for the rush, and that's the killer for a for a young quarterback. Um, yeah, I mean, the Lions will win this uh, under the radar. Matt Stafford is having maybe his best ever season as well. Um, yeah. Hardly anyone's mentioned that, but he's played really good football and. And, and you know, the, the Lions aren't completely out of it yet. You know, they win this game and, and it, it kind of gets their season back on track and, and see where they go from there. Yeah, I, I think you're hoping, if you're a Lions fan, for 10-6 and six and sneaking in as the, the bottom wild card because the other teams in the other divisions, Carolina and um, the, the NFC East, is, is it could be... The Eagles, they, they need to do something in there. They, they could actually, if they could sneak their way in. Um, but they're they've going to have to be close to players. running the table, aren't they? Not far off that. You know, yeah. They're going to have to win most of their last next few games. Well, this is one way you can at least right the ship and, and get the W. Absolutely. And and a, a team that they have to, to best in that run-in and a team that are looking for 
for doing good things in their running is the Chicago Bears at home to the 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 very chargery charges and I've got the Bears taking this but only because they're at home and the charges are the charges and um, do you know what the Bears do have Mitch Trubisky I might switch I'm yeah this, I'm I, gonna I think I'm going to switch this I took the Bears but I, I, I actually think the Bears are in full scale shambles mode and, and the charges might win do you mean uh, to quote a man that I'm probably not very far away uh, the other side of the world from you and most of the people that will be listening to this to quote Simon Shan- Simon Clancy uh, it, they're in an omni shambles omni shambles omni shambles it's it yeah it's a disgrace listen Chesa it's been an absolute pleasure catching up with you big man enjoy the rugby tomorrow I certainly will um, I think there is there's a few little bits of coin that we need to to get through the party which I'm gutted. Actually, I'm gutted not to be going to that because it's it brings me bowling. You can bowl, you can um, have a beer, you can watch the games, you can watch late red zone as well. Really good and pizza as well. 30-inch pizza. The pizza, oh it's it's legitimately one of the best pizzas you can get in, um, in London. It's so, so good. Loads of other NFL fans there. So just go to um, Gridiron hypermagazine.com slash events slash gridiron hyphen London games you'll find it go to the website you'll find it there go to our Twitter our Twitter as well at gridiron to do that you can still log your picks and the gridiron pick em, or picks challenge game um, at Matthew Gridiron if you want to disagree with him about anything he's got to say especially if you're a Cardinals fan um, at Ollie yeah. Hunter at Talk Gav uh, I think that's all the shilling that we need to do isn't it it is, yeah. Please come to the party. It's going to be a cracking night. Yeah, a cracking night. There are still some tickets available. Um, it will be a, a, a banging night. Just come for the pizza alone. The pizza is so good. Do you know what? I might go and see if I can find some pizza out here in Yokohama. Good luck with that, buddy. Right, this has been the Gridiron Show. Enjoy week eight, everybody. Hazel Irvin here, and I'm at Mammoth Insurance in Leeds, where Kate has arranged an office chair race to fundraise for sport relief. And these riders have got their kit on. They are rearing to go. And they're off, taking an early lead and smashing injustice right out of the park. It's Daphne from Accounting, riding the spreadsheet demon chair. Up comes Nina from HR on Beat Me and You're Fired, closely followed by Mark from Marketing on the 9 to 5 chair. Even Javid from Health and Safety's at it, weaving his clipboard like crazy. Go easy there, Javid. We don't want any injuries, fella. And from nowhere, it's Jenny on El Chero Loco, rolling right over poverty to cross the line first. And the crowd goes loco. Unbelievable. You can help change the world too. Just get your exclusive Sport Relief merchandise at Janeiro Sainsbury's. Sport Relief. It's game on. This message was brought to you by Acast. 